0: It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can uh, hear all of the shows over the last little over two years. We're in our third year now, and there are a lot of shows there, and I uh, hope you find them all entertaining. And there's also a place to uh, donate to our 501c3 Rescuers Radio Show on that website as well, org. I am so excited about uh, this next guest because we've known each other for a long time, and now it's just mostly on, on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, my guest is Scott Wesley Brown, a Christian music artist and pastor whose career has spanned five decades and continues to prove uh, his relevancy in the world. Uh, Scott, before, uh, so, uh, say hi first. <laughs> hi, Scott. <laughs> it's good, good to hear your voice, Art. <laughs> I just get so carried away. Uh, Scott, before we uh, dig into the great work that you've done over the years and is still doing, uh, let's hear a little bit of your background. How did you get to this place in your life?
2: Well, um, musically, I started off when I was a young teenager, just singing around everywhere I could do from the church choir to the choir at school to little rock bands. And when I became a Christian in the summer of 1970, I started writing songs uh, to express my newfound faith in the Lord and, and um, cut my first album when I was 24 and uh, it got out. I put an address on it, and people wrote me, and I started getting invitations, and then eventually got a recording contract uh, uh, when I was uh, 26, I believe it was, 25, 26. Anyway, I signed a record deal the the same day Keith Green did. He and I both signed with Sparrow Records, and I always remember the significance of that day, and Um, And then I just started recording albums for various uh, Christian record labels and touring around uh, the United States. And then the Lord got a hold of my heart and started drawing me into the mission world and and going overseas and ministering in places where they'd never heard the gospel. So I've been doing that ever since. Uh, Just finished my 26th album which i can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) i've actually done that many records some of them i probably shouldn't have done (laughs) but uh anyway so here i am you know i I just turned 70 years old can you believe it i don't feel 70 but
1: you know um, what i I, I got you try to play
2: basketball with, with like yeah
1: i've got you beat in that department i'm 74 Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm in my 50th year in, in the broadcast business. Oh, that's awesome. So we have that's a couple of awesome. things in common anyway. Yeah. So uh, when I met you, uh, it, was, it was here in Arizona. It was in uh, Scottsdale. Right. And then you've obviously moved and in, in, away from that a uh, long time ago. You've been living in the San Diego area for quite a while, right?
2: Yeah, we're just north of San Diego, a little place called Fallbrook out in the country. Mm,
1: nice. So 26 albums. This is your 26th you've just released.
2: Yeah, I just did a hymns album and I'm real excited about it and uh uh I've grown to love the hymns when I was a teenager I hated them. I thought, "Geez, these these things sound so old." And but as as I've grown in my faith, I've I've come to embrace the hymns and some of the great theology that uh, you read and sing about in those hymns and Uh, so i i wanted to do i had done one years ago but i wanted to update it and do some new hymns so i've got a a new cd called nothing but the hymns (laughs) nice
1: (laughs) i love it so um my gosh uh you could be doing this show all by yourself you have so much to talk about (laughs) uh i'm just, just the timekeeper here but um 26 albums, and and how many songs have you written over the years? Do you know?
2: You know, I really don't know. It would be interesting to try to find out. I could probably, you know, go back to all my publishing companies, but they don't even represent all of the songs I've written because there are a bunch of songs that I just never recorded, never published. Um, I would say well over a 1,000 songs, it would have to be at least. Yeah.
1: Well, creative from a creative standpoint, I've always heard that artists, they just pop out, you write them down and sometimes they hit the floor and never to be seen again.
2: That is true. Yeah. <laughs> and I and sometimes you just get a a little idea and it just hangs with you for years. And maybe it turns into a song and maybe it doesn't. Um, I've got a couple of songs that, I've, as I said, I've never released them. Um, they're just kind of personal songs family songs or different issues that I just wanted to write a song or I wanted to sing to the Lord something and and it's kind of mine to keep uh, tucked away but um, but the ones that are published I, I between 26 albums now some of those albums are compilation albums so you'd have to uh, subtract those but I'm I'm sure there's at least a thousand songs uh, out there floating around somewhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I, uh my wife and i are in our church choir and every once in a while there's a song that has your name on it
2: uh-huh.
1: and i can't remember what they are but <laughs> i know i've seen your name written on on some of the well i know
2: i know uh, grace alone is oh, yeah. a song that i wrote for promise keepers and that's been sung at a lot of churches um uh, and then there's some of the older songs like uh, He Will Carry You or This Little Child, um, We Are the Body of Christ. Mm. Uh, they've they've been turned into octavos, and, and churches have sung them. And that, to me, is always so exciting. As a matter of fact, my next concert in about a little over two weeks, uh, I'm going to be singing with a choir, and they're going to be doing the choir parts uh, to the songs that I'm singing. So that'll kind of be fun.
1: Absolutely. So that's over in your area in the San Diego. Yeah, that's area? going
2: to be over in Fullerton, right, 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 close to Disneyland.
1: Nice. <clears throat> so, uh, so you're still out doing concerts when you can?
2: Well, yeah, I am, but I'm actually wrapping things up, Art. I'm. Uh, I, I really felt like I wanted to stop completely, uh, with the exception of maybe a few uh, organizations that I, I do some concerts for, just to help them. Uh, with their with their fundraising or with their uh, vision and and uh, getting the message out of what they do, but uh, for the most part, um, I, I'm kind of doing what I call my farewell tour right now, <laughs> and it goes through the end of the year. So, uh, nice. you know, if any churches want to grab me, I still have a couple of weekends open between now and December, the end of December, where Christmas I'm gonna stop, and then, uh, and um, I, you know, I've been doing this for. Gosh, since I was 26 years old, uh, or 20, even 24, I started singing out there a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've been to 50 countries, every state, uh, a lot of airplane miles for sure.
1: Yeah, I want to talk to you about the international stuff, because uh, you did some pretty amazing things be- behind the iron, uh, so-called Iron Curtain. Right. Even in the, the former Soviet Union, right?
2: yeah we started going over there um, before the, the the curtain fell or the wall fell yeah. uh, we were ministering in in um, in Russia in uh, Estonia latvia uh, then over in the Eastern Bloc nations of uh, Poland and East Germany Czechoslovakia yugoslavia hungary um, you know we just wanted to bring the gospel to these countries through Christian music. Not only that, we wanted to try to help the Christian musicians in those countries rise up and be able to, you know, sing in their own language the wow. gospel. And so we started bringing instruments over and helping them record albums over there. We, we actually were able to have a, a Polish group come all the way uh, to the United States. And uh, one of the Studios in Nashville um, donated a whole week of studio time. Really? And uh, we had some engineers volunteer at the time and we recorded an album for them. Wow. And of course they were singing in Polish. It was hard for us to know where they were in the <laughs> song, but it was fun. And then they took that back to Poland and that, you know, distributed that all throughout uh, their country. And so we tried to help people do that in different countries uh, to record their own music. We helped a, a fellow from Russia Uh, who was in prison at the time we were able to get his tape smuggled Mm. out and we we put that in the form of an album and got it back into Russia and uh, into the Soviet bloc and so you know it was an exciting time we did that all through pretty much the the uh, beginning of the 80s all the way through about the mid 90s and when the Soviet Union broke up and a lot of those countries broke away from Russia uh, things opened up enough to the point where they didn't need our help quite as much, and so we started turning more of our focus to, to Africa, um, and then I did a, a side trip to Cuba to try to work with the musicians there. So it was an incredible chapter in my life. I'll always remember it with, mm. a, with a deep affection for all of the people we, we met.
1: So you, you even uh, included one of those experiences was a, the first Christian music festival in the former Soviet Union.
2: Yes, that was exciting. Tell us uh, about we, that. Well, there was a couple of us artists. Uh, Sheila Walsh went, Bruce Carroll, um, Paul Smith, of the, uh, who who's with the Imperials. We went over there and were able to do a festival in Tallinn, Estonia, which is across the, the Bay of Finland from Finland. But nevertheless, it had been a part of the Soviet Union. And that was the first big breakthrough uh, where we were able to do a big festival. They had a lot of Christian musicians, of course, from their country come and sing. And, and we sang and we sang together. We had some guys come and preach and oh. share the gospel. And one of the funniest things was is that the KGB had just been broken up. And so they actually had KGB officers that were still on salary. Um, I don't know who was paying them, but they ended up serving us, driving us around, bringing our lunch to us. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell they weren't very happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So anyway, but it was an exciting, uh, exciting thing that we we were able to do. And, And then just about a year later, we did the same thing in East Germany. Um, right where the wall had come down mm. on the eastern side of uh, the, the wall. Wow. We did another big festival and uh, celebrated that whole, you know, victory for for, for not only the church, but for the people of eastern Germany.
1: To our listeners, uh, if you came in late to this Rescuer's uh, Radio Show, you're listening to Scott Wesley Brown, a Christian music artist and pastor uh, as well. Over f- five decades— <laughs> Scott, that sounds like a long time, but it makes go, me feel go, pretty old. Art, you could not,
2: <laughs> you could not mention that anymore. Well, see, I can do that
1: because I'm there with you, buddy. <laughs> so I, I know that. But also, what what how awesome that was to to go to those countries. Where did you have to get special? What did you need to get into those countries?
2: Well, you you just really needed a visa, and we would just apply, and we we were coming in as tourists um you know we didn't really broadcast what we were doing
1: yeah
2: Uh, eventually when they had the festivals it was no big deal because they knew we were christian artists uh but for the for the 10 or 12 years before that that we worked in those countries you just went in as a tourist and i would just bring my guitar in and at one point i had to bring a guitar in and i i wanted to give it away and i gave it away in in um in russia and then um i had to leave with a guitar so somebody brought me this really cheap russian guitar and i carried it out so they <laughs> saw me coming in with a guitar but they saw me leave with a guitar and no questions were asked uh, <laughs> but uh uh anyway it, it 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 was an exciting time for sure
1: yeah so um how many i see i, I on your website there's a list of people uh, uh, very, very renowned artists that have covered some of the music you've written. Mm. Go through that list for for us just for a little bit. Well, the first, the first one
2: I ever had record one of my songs was Pat Boone. Uh, (laughs) I was in, I was in college and, and, uh, my dad called me up he says, you won't believe this telegram I got. He said, but it's from Pat Boone he wants to talk to you about one of your songs. And I went, you're kidding. <laughs> and, uh, of course that was way back when Pat had just done that movie, the cross of the switchblade. Mm-hmm. And so he was really, really popular and, uh, I couldn't believe. So I called the office and, uh, uh they wanted to use a, a version that I had done of the Lord's prayer. It was a, a rewrite that I had done. And, um, so they they ended up recording that, and uh, eventually I got to go meet Pat, and both at his home, and I met him over at the church on the way, and, and uh, in Los Angeles area where he attended. And oh, he was a great guy. Uh, talked to him several times since then, just a precious brother in the Lord. Anyway, after that, I started getting different cuts by different artists. Uh, eventually got uh, a couple with Sandy Patty, and oh, that nice. was exciting. Uh, Bruce Carroll's covered one of my songs, and uh, uh well, Pat Boone's daughters, the Boone girls, Debbie Boone, and they covered another one of my songs, and uh, <laughs> uh they just started getting out. Mark Lowry did one of my songs, oh my <laughs> gosh,
1: and the, and the Gaither group, or, or and the Gaithers did uh, yeah. He
2: Will Carry You, and uh, probably, but probably the one of the most exciting was Placido Domingo, the famous opera singer from the Metropolitan Opera. Really, uh, he he did an album with John Denver, and um, they they put my song called My Treasure on that album. Cause it's called Perhaps Love is the name of the album. Really, yes, and and uh, that was an extremely successful album um, for for him and for John Denver, and and it it did help us a lot. It paid the rent for quite a while.
1: <laughs> so did he sing it in opera? <laughs> no
2: well of course his voice is very operatic yeah, so you
1: yeah. know
2: he's singing like this you know and I'm, I'm thinking wow i've never heard my song song sung like that you know but uh, it was a real treat it was one of those blessings god just kind of dropped in our lap
1: that's amazing and amy grant is another one uh who yeah. is, who was is the head of petra
2: um john schlitt was the head of petra
1: he did one of your songs i the think lead
2: singer yeah petra did a couple of my songs they did a worship album they did a couple of songs on that and amy did did one on a, a special album i think it was to raise awareness of the the famine in africa so she oh. recorded one so anyway yeah it's just been fun to have other people sing them and it, just to see how they would uh, well Dave Boyer I don't know if people know who Dave Boyer is but he's kind of like a Frank Sinatra type singer he did one of my songs and it just <laughs> it's that old cruiser kind of sound you know it's just so funny but uh, I always get a kick out of
1: that's it that's awesome oh my gosh it's good to just have you describe describe all of that now in some of your travels you worked a lot with Compassion International mm-hmm. uh, Youth with a Mission Open Doors Operation Mobilization, Campus Crusade for Christ, um, and and in parentheses you have the Jesus film. Yes. Do you know that that is still going on? Yeah. You probably do, and they're they're now translating it into many languages around the world.
2: Yes. Yeah. We were. I was in Kenya with them with the brand new Swahili translation. Really. We Spent a week out there showing it out there in the bush. In different villages, and oh uh, that was an incredible experience uh, to see people respond to this movie in their own language and give their lives to Jesus Christ. They had never heard of Him, oh and then now they were brothers and sisters in the Lord.
1: How awesome is that? Yeah. What what a great what great uh, memories and and um, y- you've you've done so much. I I see. Be- uh, I'm just taking a liberty to read some of the stuff that I picked off your website. There's a song that you call The Wedding Song, and it's This Is The Day. Right. Uh, It was quite successful for you.
2: Yeah, you know, at one point, uh, it was the the biggest Christian wedding song. Um, I still get lots of people, uh, particularly on Facebook or, you know, on the social media sites saying, hey, we had that song in our our wedding and now we're celebrating our 32nd anniversary, you know? So, <laughs> um, so it had, a, it had its time out there. And I think it's still being sung. Uh, a lot of my music's kind of, you know, gone, gone by the wayside, I think, as you get older and new artists come out new songs. Uh, but there's still sometimes I hear people singing it now, but back in the eighties, it, um, it, it really did well. And it was, it was real helpful. And I, you know, it, it helped get me into places that where people had never heard of my name or my weren't familiar with my music. Yeah. And it, the Lord used it, I think, to open a lot of doors uh, for me to come into different areas. And uh, that was exciting. So I've always been thankful for, for that song.
1: So I see you You also co- co-wrote co uh, with Stephen Curtis Chapman and Aaron Schust.
2: Yeah, we've done some writing together. Um, Gary, Chapman is one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. I was just, a matter of fact, with him uh, about a month ago uh, at a concert out in Ohio. And boy, he is just an incredible writer. God has just gotten a hold of his life in an incredible way. And it's just great to hear his his testimony. And, and then, of course, Aaron Schust uh, met him in Arizona. We used to have a bunch of worship guys come together. And we'd go up to Strawberry, Arizona to a cabin and we would all open up the hymnals and we'd write songs. We'd take the songs and rework them at a chorus or maybe completely rearrange them. And Aaron was one of the guys that came up for one of those meetings. And uh, he he has done really well. And he, he and I have written two or three songs together.
1: Awesome. So um, you, you, you do a couple of other things. Oh, first of all, it sounds like, you've always been pretty much a solo artist with uh, you weren't in any groups of some kind kind or
2: no i i i've had some groups that have come on the road with me uh and i've done concerts with a lot of groups um you know when i first started uh i had a group backing me up called glad uh, but they eventually got their own recording contract and and went out and just very successful with a lot of their album projects and just a great group of guys. Um, and I've, you know, performed with other groups as they're separate, you know, in concerts, but for the most part I've been solo. It's just been me and my guitar yeah. and some backing tracks when you need them.
1: So we're coming into a few minutes more. Uh, but I want to see what tells us about the grandparenting legacy
2: well, this is an organization called the Legacy Coalition, okay. and you can find a lot of information about it, uh, obviously, at their website, LegacyCoalition.com. They came out of Awana uh, as an outreach to grandparents, because there are 30 million Christian grandparents in the United States, and a lot of them have a, 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 the type of relationship with their grandkids that they could really disciple them in a unique way. Sometimes the parents just don't have that same kind of a, a connection. And the traditional thinking says to the grandparent, well, you just bring your grandkids over and feed them a lot of sugar and pray for them and send them <laughs> home, you know, but, but there really can be an intentionality to our grandparenting where we really disciple them and, and we, we re- help raise them up as godly uh, men and women. Um, and so that's the, the Ministry of Legacy Coalition. I've written several songs for them and produced two albums for that organization with uh, multiple artists on it, from Michael Card to Dallas Home to Leon Petillo. Uh, oh gosh, just a whole group of people, Bruce Carroll, um, and we we've done these albums uh, to try to get uh, raise the interest interest in this organization specifically among grandparents because so many grandparents. Don't have the resources. Well they well, what do I do? How do I impact yeah. their lives for Jesus Christ? So I've been involved with that. I'm one of the legacy pastors and I've spoken at churches around the country. And of course I integrate a lot of that into my concerts as well.
1: Nice. That's a great subject. Uh, I'd like to know myself. <laughs> we have nine. So go to
2: go to <laughs> legacycoalition.com.
1: Okay. Uh, speaking of that, um, you did a church plant? recently
2: well i got involved with the southern baptist church planting movement here in southern california uh, our church is involved here in trying to plant more churches uh, i mean there's this trend for christians to leave socal and i've i've been one who's been so tempted by that because it's pretty tough out here sometimes yeah the political climate is not very very welcoming to christians but nonetheless uh there's a commitment from the southern baptist denomination i'm sure others as well to plant churches here in this uh socal area and so i was involved in a couple of church plants and uh uh and then right now in our church is is helping with some church plants and i'm involved with that as well
1: scott i hate to say this but we're at the end of the of our time <laughs> but, uh, gosh, it's so good to hear your voice and to and catch up with you, my brother, and uh, and sometime maybe we'll ever, even be uh, able to see each other again. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope know. to get back over there. So how can people reach uh, Scott Wesley Brown music?
2: Just go to scottwesleybrown.com. That's all. It's just real simple, scottwesleybrown.com on the web.
1: All right, brother. Thank you so much. You are a rescuer yourself, you know. Thank you. Changing and saving lives through your music. Thank you. God bless.
2: God bless you, too.
0: at 530 Arizona time on faith talk 1360 Kpxq a.m three-star general Michael J Flynn head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the Intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells.